Kristen. And welcome to Oddest is Hottest, the podcast where we talk about whatever the fuck we want, mostly <laughs> in relation to breaking down purity culture, deconstructing religious indoctrination, and talking about women's issues, GRSM issues. In particular, in this one, we are going to talk about two documentaries. We actually... Our first podcast is called the Exo Sisters Podcast, where we talk about horror films and we review horror films and spooky things. And so inherently, we started as film reviewers. And so it kind of made sense for us to, other than our introduction episode, start out talking about film. And easily enough, I guess easy is a tough word to start <laughs> with, but there are two infamous documentaries one called Jesus Camp and one called Hell Health, not to be confused with Hell Health LLC, the horror film, which we have reviewed. <laughs> right. Go check that out. But these are a billion times scarier than we what we have ever reviewed. It's actually interesting because I saw a TikToker talking about, you know, what is the most disturbing film you own? And he pulled out Jesus Camp. Yes. And he was a horror reviewer. And I definitely would have to agree with that because horror films are made to get a rise out of you to dig into those parts of you that fight or flight these are the real horror the we are indoctrinating you to mm -hmm. fear for your soul but like for real mm -hmm. this is not or, fiction exactly or the fact that we're indoctrinating these kids from such a young age and we will get to it in jesus camp but basically making them christian soldiers and i don't use that facetiously Christian soldiers, they are ready to go to war. So I was brought up, and we talked about this a little bit in the introduction episode, and if you have come over from the Exorcisters, you have heard us talk about this before, kind of our own personal backgrounds. I am from the South. I was raised in Texas, and I was raised in a First United Methodist church, and I, it was definitely not super, super fundamentalist, that being said, you always have those fundamentalist people, I think, mm -hmm. in every church background you go to, unless you're specifically in a very liberal mm -hmm. church that you have, you know, gone to seek out. So I do have some background with that. And I have been to the hell house that is in this documentary, this exact one, because now there are many hell houses across the nation. They all stem from this one, though, in Dallas, Texas. Right. And I've I even told you, yeah. I want to go. <laughs> like so, I don't, but I do. Yeah, they still do it, unfortunately. And because of this one in Dallas, it's actually in the outskirts of Dallas. And it. so when we talked about it for the first time, it was in our review of the others. And it just kind of hit me that I did saw, went to this when we were talking about that. And the first time talking about my experience going to Hell House was actually pretty triggering for me. Like if you listened back to that episode, it's my voice is really shaky. Like you can definitely hear mm -hmm. that it was kind of, it was actually pretty traumatizing. Mm -hmm. And I fucking bet. So when we talk about this film and this talk, like talking about how this is from their perspective, then putting together this hell house, you'll also hear my perspective of going and being subjected to hell house. And it's interesting because I reached out to just kind of put an open, hey, if you went to Hell House with me as a kid in the youth, what was your experience? And I didn't, I did, got no response, but I saw that they None. saw it. 
Mm-hmm. Interesting. So I don't know. So I do know that somebody that I was in youth group with, her mom was the children's leader and still is. So, but I also know, and this is no shade to her. She's a wonderful human being. I kept in contact with her. I still, you know, I think she's a wonderful person. She still goes to that church. Mm, okay. But it, like I said, it's not a super fundamentalist yeah. church. I think this was a mistake that they, I don't think they ever went back. But like her mother still works at the church. So maybe she just didn't want to acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that a lot of people that like these, if they didn't struggle with some of the things that Hill House was showing them, they wouldn't have probably ever thought about it again. Right. I you can know. see that. Other than, wow, that sucked or was terrifying or at least disturbing. Like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. But if you were a kid that struggled, like a queer kid or a kid that struggled with self-harm like I was mm-hmm. and I was both of those things, like, and now I'm an advocate for being pro-choice and like all of these things that we'll talk about, it definitely is something that stays with you i've also been to church camps and some of them better than others like so i've had some of the experiences that jesus camp talks about and does so it'll be interesting because i was like oh yeah like that was a thing but jesus (laughs) camp took it to a different level now I have gone to a church camp where they did speak in tongues and so we'll get into some of that so it's interesting because I have had some of these experiences so yeah out of the two Jesus camp was much more terrifying yeah both the mindsets are about the same though yeah they are which is just it's it's scary because you see children in in both of these things you know yes that is the scariest part is children being thrown in and indoctrinated into these worlds. Right. And you don't know, like, I do, I can tell you, I know what happened to one of these kids, which we'll get into. And it's about probably what you would think, you know, some kids do get out. And right. I mean, you did, obviously you weren't as indoctrinated, but. Right. And so it's just like, a lot of them don't though because this is what they were raised and you don't want to disappoint mm-hmm. your family some of these kids parents were pastors mm-hmm. and so you lose your family um that is exactly one of my many comments on this in my notes is cult over and over and over again cult 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 and that's part of why because that is the same thing you hear about in scientology that is the same thing you hear about in jehovah's witness if you are not a part of the faith you lose your family that is a cult that is controlling. And that is what both of these movies show is how controlling these groups are. And if a group is that controlling over every little thing that you do, that is a cult. Oh, yeah. And I don't care how big it is. I don't care if the president vouches for it. It is a cult. Sorry. No, no, you're totally it, that's fair. And there is something actually that breaks down what a cult is. And it's called the bite model of authoritarian control. The it's, you know, all of these things. It's the bite model. B is for behavior control. I is for information control. T is for thought control. And E Ah. is for emotional control. Interesting. Yep. And within all of these little subcategories of the bite model, there are these little 
basically like number one in behavioral control is regulate individuals physical reality and number two is dictate where how and with whom the member lives and associates or isolates and if you meet a certain number of these you do meet the criteria of a cult like Mormonism does and Jehovah's Witness does and all of these things and those are just like religions and you can't shit on people for their religion you know and it's like you can respect a, an individual as like their existence and not respect their beliefs. I absolutely do not have to respect your beliefs. Right. Exactly. You know? Your beliefs are harmful to people in more than more ways than one. It's not even just the indoctrination of kids. It's also when we get to Jesus camp and I'll probably bring up Jesus camp more than hell house because it was more terrifying to me because of the indoctrination in it. But there's a point at this Jesus camp that is just supposed to be about these kids going to the camp, learning about Jesus, and then it becomes so militant. And then, I mean, these are six to 12-year-old kids. All of a sudden, they have a day and a sermon all about abortion and how they are going to be the soldiers to stop abortion. And they're crying, and no more, Lord. That is so terrifying and so fucking wrong it's it you fucked up those kids and then for you to what i don't understand this is going to be a very generalized statement but if you want to go back to god so goddamn bad because everything you do on this planet is to get back to him right because it's going to be heaven it's going to be better than mm -hmm. if you want to go back so goddamn bad why do you care if a soul doesn't make it here anyway well it's that's their that's I sound like I was from Michigan. That's their whole goal is to evangelize. That's yeah. something that they are taught that is they have to do. And you see it in Jesus camp. You see a little girl towards the end going up to someone in a fucking bowling alley. Yeah. And that's something she felt called to do. Like you are not only there to get to God, you are there to get other people to God, to make more soldiers so that you can get out the message of God to stop these abortions, to stop all of these things that are like, when we go back to hell house, all those things, like to stop the spreading of homosexuality, of all of these plagues of humanity basically that is so fucked up and the fact that it was a little girl approaching this woman who was just bowling with her boyfriend or whoever she was just trying to eat her fucking fries it pisses me off because if that was done to me i would want to flip out on the person but the fact that you are using children to do it is manipulative because you are never going to go off on that child i wouldn't absolutely they're tools yes and that you're using these kids and that's literally there's a point in jesus camp where she basically says that they're tools and they're pawns in this. They're, you know, they basically, you know, go and be fruitful to make more children t for the church, you know, and look at, you know, LDS, Latter-day Saints. That's how many, like, they have a bunch of kids because they don't believe in birth control. And it's kind of similar with Catholics as well. And I'm not saying that they do it specifically for that purpose, but it is also because they want to make more Mormons and more all of these you know what I mean? Like, yes, exactly. The the female pastor that heads this Jesus camp, you you get to see her in a lot of interviews. And right in the beginning, basically, we see a kids congregation thing that she is talking at. And first of all, my first hypocritical comment on her is I do not care about people's weight. I do not. I promise. 
this woman is a big woman and she makes a comment to these kids that Christians are just fat and lazy and they don't want to give up their evening meal and they don't want to fast, but other countries are doing it. Other religions are doing it. How fucking dare you, you goddamn hypocrites, say anything? Second comment. Later on, we watch her watching a video that they took on these kids basically speaking in tongues and stuff. And she's talking about how amazing it is. And these kids are just really in touch with with God and stuff like that. And she makes a comment of that we really need to focus on the children and things because a third of our population on this planet are kids. So where should we be putting our effort is what she says. And I'm like, oh, so who should we be indoctrinating? Who should we be manipulating? And who should we be using? It's the children. And that's basically exactly what she says. Not in those words, but that is exactly what she means. Absolutely. Well, what minds are the easiest to to mold? She capture. even says that. She goes, I could go to a playground right now and start preaching the word of God and the kids just flock to me and all of a sudden they're in the spirit. And I'm like, you ever do that to my fucking child ever. We're going to have a conversation. Much In much more eloquent phrasing, there is a group basically that calls themselves the atheist agnostic hype house on TikTok, and hype house is just a word on TikTok that people use now to kind of it's like satirical but they have talked about indoctrination as child abuse yes and i do not necessarily disagree with that because it is not fair any it, literally you are a christian because you were born in the united states that's right that's it like you can go to other places and spread the word of god or whatever of jesus and it's just that because of where you were born you're going and basically colonizing right that's all you're doing and same thing with people born in other places of the world your exposure is limited to where you were born and you were born as a this for this particular woman and most of these kids a, a white christian Right. And the scariest part is that they are homeschooling them. So not only are they indoctrinating them in their churches, but they are also not exposing them to school because they don't want to have them exposed to other, even children or teachers. They don't want them taught evolution. And they, that's something that you see in Jesus camp as well. The parents telling them. So if somebody were to tell you, you know, about evolution, what would you say? How would you react? Actually, really quick, just to finish my thought before, because I just saw my quote, the the woman when she was looking at the video talking about using the children, this is her literal quote, they're so usable in Christianity. That's so fucked up. But yes, to talk about the homeschooling, I have many notes on this because this is so fucking scary, honestly. So 75% of homeschooled kids are evangelical. So yes, how... Is that not child abuse? Because you actually get to see some of these kids in their home and they're watching a video just talking about how evolution's not a thing. They are getting homeschooled by their mom and she's talking about how evolution's not a thing and isn't that just ridiculous? And you're not some goo that came from something. And she even mentions to him, she's like, if you had to go to a school where they taught evolution, would you be upset? And he goes, yeah. But if you went to a school where they taught creationism, he goes, I wouldn't be so upset. Yeah, because you're fucking indoctrinated. You are fucking brainwashed. Right. Exactly. 
She also says that our nation was founded on Judo-Christian values, and all I put was WRONG in all caps. That is not true. That is not fucking right. And 25 of our population, about 80 million people in 2006, call themselves evangelical. That is the scariest number that I think I can think of. And that was in 2006. I can't imagine that it has gone downhill. No, I... I cannot imagine, especially with the rise in the Donald Trump era of exactly. politics, you know, and that 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 was building for longer than we saw Donald Trump. There's a reason that that happened. Right. So it's just we allowed that to happen because we have been doing this for such a long time, you know, and. Even my mom, who is a very loving and accepting woman, had trouble. I don't. I don't know if she ended up voting for Donald Trump, but she. I know she struggled with not voting for him if she was not going to. And why? And that's the thing. Like that's just the kind of like indoctrination. Yeah, brainwashing. She loves my friends that are LGBT. She loves my friends. She's not like my black friends. Like she has always like, and I've said like, you know, if I was gay or if I was, would you accept me? And she's always been like, absolutely. And I'm like, then how can you vote for someone who is so hateful? And even as a Christian woman, how can you vote for someone who is so hateful? And she can't answer me, but I'm pretty sure she voted for him silently. I mean, I love your mama. But that is so hypocritical, and that's actually something that they talk about in this fucking movie, in Jesus Camp. She, we Once we get to the camp, she basically tells the kids that, you know, they don't actually act Christian, you know, when they're with their friends. They act Christian at church, and then they act like everyone else. You know, they swear, they do all the regular things out and about, and, you know, they need to come up and get washed, which she pours Nestle water on them, which has to be the most blasphemous thing I've ever seen in my fucking life, <laughs> ever. She pours Nestle water on them and basically says it's holy water and makes these kids cry. But back to your mom thing, and I know she's not the only one that has these feelings, but then, you know, there's the brainwashing and indoctrination. It's like she's two separate people. How is, I mean, if you're going with those thoughts, then you're going completely against basically what the, your church is saying anyway. Right. And it's always just become, because the Republican Party has aligned themselves with Christian values which is also not what our country mm-hmm. was founded on the that should be completely separated from politics but the republican party has built their ideals completely around what god wants for this country on anti-abortion because it's against the bible on anti-lgbt because it's against the bible on all of these things because it's against the bible what do you first of all what do you stand for because it seems like you just stand against everything doesn't right. seem like you actually have a platform. It seems like you have an anti-platform. Exactly. And so I think it's just, okay, well, these this other party wants all of these godless things. And it's like, godless? There's not supposed to be God in this, period. And so I think that we built up to the Donald Trump era and also the George W. Bush era. This, mm-hmm. this, was, this predates things that we were even old enough to vote for. You know, and we see that also in Jesus camp. They fucking bring in a cardboard cutout of the president. Correct. Like 
and prey on George W. Bush, you know? They, yes. They wouldn't have done that with Obama. Right. And a comment on that really quick, just because I did research this recently, because of this, at that cardboard cutout, they kind of keep saying, one nation under God at, at President Bush's cutout there. One nation under God. Okay. Just to let you know, that didn't even come about until the late 1800s. We didn't even have a Pledge of Allegiance. Second, the One Nation Under God piece didn't even come in until 1954. Now knowing that, I will tell my kids not to do the pledge. That's, no, absolutely not. That is idolatry and no, I disagree with all of that. (laughs) Culty. Yes. Yeah. And it's even more culty because there's a family that we see First of all, this little girl, her name is Victoria, Tori, and she loves to dance. And she talks about how she is a 10-year-old who talks about how she has to remember to dance for Jesus and not to dance for the flesh. What 10-year-old says that? You heard that from your fucking parents or somebody. That is so fucked up. So fucked up to dance for the flesh. That family, she goes upstairs for lunch. They say the pledge a very Christian pledge to the Christian flag. And then they do it on the Bible. Mm-hmm. That was the most disgusting. I, I, cause I'm sure they're not the only ones. No, I was so skeeved out by that. Yeah. I mean, this entire, it, it's, you know, I actually saw this from one of my favorite creators, telltale atheist. His name is Owen. He did a, poll on twitter recently and he said do you believe that all religions are cults and all you know and i don't agree that all religions are cults i do think that there are religions that are not cults but i think that this very evangelical type of christianity is definitely cult grounds (laughs) yes absolutely i mean there's a point at jesus camp Because it starts, actually, it doesn't even start out nice. Day one, she's yelling at the kids about how basically it's all about sin, but you know it's don't touch yourself, don't masturbate, don't do that shit. She's yelling at them right away, making them cry. But a little while in, almost, I think it's like one of the last days of camp, they have mugs that say government on it. And they have everyone, every single one of the kids who who's going to be a good Christian person. So first of all, who's not going to walk up there? Because they're going to look at you and see that you didn't break that cup. That is a cult right there because they are forcing you to do something by manipulation of your peers. Second, they force you to go up there and break this cup that says government, basically telling these kids that they're going to be the ones to bring, you know, Christ back into the government and stuff. Christ shouldn't be in the government. And the fact that you are forcing people to do this, that is what makes you a cult. Right. And let me just tell you, so talking about the church camp mentality of if you don't come up here, Mm -hmm. you are godless. I can't even tell you how many times I was saved because of the fear of being ostracized. (laughs) So so what basically, we call it cry night and like C-R-Y space N-I-G-H-T. Now that sounds like a weird crystal but (laughs) so what they do is they'll have usually it's one night in a week-long church camp where they bring all the kids in and they talk about all of the strife within your heart and all of the struggle and all of the pain and it's like first of all we're fucking seventh graders Mm -hmm. they create this very 
like, I'm not saying that kids don't go through things because they do, but very often they create this false sense of you are nothing. You are worthless. You are dirty. You are this sin is incarnate. Terrorism. This is terrorism. Like causing our kids to be this fucking afraid. Like you were of yeah. God and hell and all that. That's terrorism that you are putting on children. And yeah. And so you're sitting there as a kid, like, and everyone is just crying and outstretching their hands. And I have been in this. This is not just something I have watched on a documentary. This has happened to me several times over. And it's not just the camp. There are plenty of parent volunteer chaperones from each church. It's not like they don't know what's happening, you know. And these kids are just crying for what? You know, like when you think yeah. about it, because they're being told how empty they'll be unless they accept Christ and the things that Christ did, you know, and how much Christ suffered for you. And then it just, they, and they're playing the slow guitar music and the lights are turned down. Exactly. The lights are dim and they usually bring up, this is okay. This is fucking weird too. All right. Mm -hmm. This is something that I personally observed when I got old enough to like really think about it. So when I was like, 14, 15, they bring up the counselors that are the most attractive. What the fuck? That are the most, in my experience, that are the most charismatic, that had the most, ma like, the were the most magnetic to all the kids, oh that God, were I'm the like most popular. Out, you're, like, pulling my hair. <laughs> yeah. That were this the is the same shit fucking, I bet you, Manson family did. Same fucking shit. Yeah, so... And then they go up there and they're like, so who's going to be saved tonight? Who's going to let the Lord into their heart tonight? Come up to the front. So it's not just something you do in private. Like you, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It is, they are actually, you have to go up to the front of this room that usually has a stage. And then they bring you up there and you like drop to your knees or whatever. And they pray over you. And so if you don't go up there. And People it's like, gonna know. you could have already been saved, you know, yeah. but it's like, or, and then they do this thing where it's like, or if you've already been saved and want to recommit your life to Christ, who's not going to do that? Exactly. And that's why it's so fucked up. These people know exactly how people work and those, the things that will get you in the right mindset. And honestly, just people being around each other. We're almost like, we're almost like a beehive. Like when you're in a large city, you can feel that energy and it makes you energetic. When you are in a place where lots of people are crying, you're probably going to feel that energy and cry. Oh yeah. Like there was literally one church camp that I went to with my friend Ashley and we were we were out of it at this point. Like I'm pretty sure at this point I had lost my virginity. <laughs> I had, this was to, like a church camp after I was already angry. And I literally, we still have this as an inside joke. I literally was walking down a hill to fucking the worship session, which was the emotional time. And I was like, if you're real, just fucking smite me now, God. And we <laughs> still will joke about that. And so at this point I had already started letting go. Mm -hmm. 
And okay, so people were talking in tongues, speaking in tongues on the stage. That freaks me the fuck out. That well, we had never experienced that before, and this was our first time at this church camp because we had a new youth minister, and so they were taking us to this weird church camp in Oklahoma that we'd never been to before. And we just looked at each other, and then they were like, "Go to this back room if you want to be saved." Our entire youth group went, and me and Ashley were the only ones left, and we were like, "I guess we should just fucking go." That's so wrong. Uh, but and you know as adults we would stay and stand our ground now you can't do that to kids they're not going to do that they're going to think they're doing something wrong they're going to be judged they're going to go with their peers yeah and they know that so manipulative well and at this point too again i had already started letting go i didn't want mm-hmm. to do this anymore and neither did she and but you don't want to be called out either that and then this thing that we had never seen before all these kids started speaking in tongues and we were like are we doing something wrong right. like so we're like they they like this is fucking bullshit like nothing because basically what happens when you speak in tongues is that supposed to be a love language basically that just you and the lord can understand and there's he's speaking through you so from what i understand and so if you're not getting it, there's something wrong with you. It's gibberish and it's faking. And they show this in Hell House. And it made me think of, y'all are just actors. You don't know anything. You don't actually feel anything because you're just acting it out. You're acting out in Hell House. You're, they show a fake wrestler where he acts out a certain thing. And then they show the this talking in tongues thing. You're acting. You are acting in every single sense. And how is that not hypocritical? How are you not acting like not yourself? How, are, how does the church even this is the most hypocritical thing that i can think from the evangelical church like for you to say that people are not allowed to you know cuss and things with their friends but then at the same time you're allowed to act in hell house like you're going to take a roofie or commit suicide or all of this stuff and that's still okay yeah fucking hypocrites correct yeah and I mean, like, it's, it's so interesting how, like, I, I love that we have a different dynamic, the two of us, like, mm-hmm. you did grow up in the Catholic church, and mm-hmm. I grew up in this, and then watching these documentaries, me being, have experienced it, and you just having a third party observer, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, that was a thing, and you're like, what the fuck, and uh, terrified, know. and I feel so bad for you, and all those other kids, like, there's a point with Hell House, and this is not just kids, but minority people I feel so bad for. it. There is a point in Hell House where they talk about who started this church, and it happened to be a black pastor in California, I think. They moved everybody out to this Trinity church because these people didn't like being ruled under a black pastor. So it is literally based on racism that they started this thing. And you can see black kids and parents and things like that in this fucking church, in this school, in the hell house. And I feel so bad for them. Yeah. but I they... feel so bad for all of them. Yeah. Right. And you know that this is in this, you know, evangelical yeah. south so yeah. of course they're they, they're racist they will vote yeah. against their fellow church members every time you know vote against their rights right their humanity you're literally going to a church that was founded on hating you right 
or at least broken apart by hating yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. And talking about, you know, since we're talking about Hell House, so basically the premise of Hell House is this this church wanted to play off of the Halloween cuz you know Halloween is bad. The Halloween haunted house craze. And so what they did was they created Hell House. And Hell House was their call to a haunted house. And they were going to make all of these scary scenarios. But their version of scary scenarios were things that were going to send you straight to hell. And things like having an abortion or being gay or going out and partying at a club and then being raped. Not raping. Being raped. Right. And in the fucking movie, so what I love is there are some alternate people that go to this hell house. Yes, my people. Yes, I fucking love them. And they actually pull the security guard aside and they fucking debate with him and argue with him for a while. And what they're saying is, you know, you are saying that by going to a rave and getting raped, like she was given a roofie, it was not her fault then they're going to commit suicide and go to hell. And this girl's like, I've been to plenty of raves. That doesn't happen. And what he, his fucking cop out, ooh, it pissed me off, was not that she killed herself. It was that before she killed herself, she threw Jesus's portrait on the ground and was mad at him. No, no, that is your fucking cop out. That is you trying to get away with this when you are judging a suicide victim for depression and things that she can't change. Yeah, right exactly why it's like it's your fault for getting drugged it is your fault for getting raped it is your fault for being abused it is your fault for being like and it's always the woman's fault in this fucking thing i actually wrote it down on the scenarios okay so here are the scenes that we know about i'm sure there might be more what we know about the only men scenes are there's a drunk driving incident where it's a man driving because i'm sure only men drive but he does kill his girlfriend okay drunk driving there's a school shooter who kills himself and that is a man and of course there's a homosexual but you know all of those bible beating places homosexuals are basically akin to women lots of times so that doesn't even necessarily count but the women a mother has an affair i'm sorry first of all who is more likely to have an affair sexually in a relationship Mm, it's probably the man but that's fine the mom has an affair the occult bride There's a girl who gets interested in the occult and, you know, she dies that way. Abortion, of course. The suicide is a woman. And even at the very end, you kind of like go to hell and you see like all the the red and smoke and it's creepy looking and scary. There's like a pit down in the floor that has a cover like plexiglass see-through and some fog down there. There's two women shoved in that hole. Yep fucking hate for women throughout this whole fucking movie right so the whole building up to help putting on the hell house which was incredibly disturbing having not only seen it but you don't even have to have experienced hell house to be incredibly disturbed by them putting this on because you see children mm-hmm. auditioning for hell house like it's mm-hmm. a fucking play at a and high school. I'm getting so excited. I got the abortion girl part. Oh my God. And what? then the audition part of them pulling out things from, you know, the depths of their souls and crying out to God and 
them being blown away by their performances to I got suicide girl. Right. I got abortion girl. And these are major parts and they're so excited to play these, not having any understanding of the gravity of an abortion or suicide or mental health or rape or being drugged at a party. I have friends that have gone through all of those things and myself struggling with self-harm and suicide, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's like, and, and also I will get into this later seeing a suicide scene at Hell House as a 12 or 13 year old Mm. that was self-harming at the same time. Mm -hmm. Nobody considered that. No, they don't consider it. These are the most judgmental people on the planet. And that is coming from a species where humans just judge each other just accidentally. These are the most judgy fucking people. And basically what they're saying is anything, you know, you can get to heaven just by repenting. Okay, a homosexual man should not have to repent their actual sexuality to go to heaven. That That's them. So to they have to lie? I'm pretty sure lying is a sin. Right. Now, I know specifically in the Mormon faith, you can be gay. You just can't live the lifestyle. So you can have like a wife and a family and be gay and still get into you know, heaven or whatever. And it's like, that's miserable and a lie. Yeah. What a sad life. And that's all I keep coming back to, especially in Jesus camp, but also in hell house of how scary and sad and you don't live for anything. There's a point in Jesus camp. They're at a camp. They're at a camp. What do you do at a camp? You tell ghost stories. The boys don't get yelled at, but they do get one of the you know dads who's supposed to be watching them they're up late at night and they're they're rowdy they're boys and he comes and he goes you know i'm not real fond of ghost stories it keeps us away from god they can't even tell a fucking ghost story that's so sad and lonely and what are you living for at that point because this is a long really long fucking life to live that sad lonely existence but also it's really fucking short what a waste yeah i mean them just getting so excited when they live these heteronormative, white, privileged lives. And having, thinking they're doing, like you mentioned earlier, like in Hell, they, this, they mentioned more about the soldier thing in Jesus Camp. But that's exactly the mentality of Hell House, too. Yes, absolutely. But really quick, on since you brought up the soldier thing, I'm, I just want to finish with... With Jesus Camp, because I think this is the last piece I have. I do have some trivia later on. But the this is the most terrifying thing in the whole the whole show to me. There was a point, and I was talking about it, when they were breaking the government cups. And after they're doing this, the, the pastor woman has everybody all hyped, and she's yelling into the microphone, and this is what she's yelling. This means war! This means war! This means war! Are you a part of it or not? That's terrifying. Are you a part of it or not? And this means war? So war on our government, war on our nation, because we don't want Christ in it? Is that where we're going with this? We go into war here? And the kids also, same thing. 
were going out to be God's warriors and do battle, and they're prepared to die for that. These were 10-year-olds saying this. Yeah, well, I can tell you that we have this issue right now, and we always have, with this fake Christian oppression complex. They want to be oppressed so badly. Mm-hmm. There is this whole like a ton of these videos and TikToks going around of Christians making up these POVs and these stories of oppression. And like, there was one, she deleted it and she was, you know, that story that went around about Columbine and the girl that was like, do you believe in God? Mm -hmm. First of all, there are no accounts of that actually happening. Right. I'm going to throw that out there, but she basically did that. And she, did this whole scenario of a school shooter and the school shooter said, stand up if you believe in God. And she started crying and the fake class around her was like, don't do it. Sit down, Maddie. And she stood up like, and it's like, you are not oppressed. You Mm -hmm. are the most privileged group in this country. You know who else is like other religions that are oppressed in this country? Like all of the other ones. Right. Exactly. Yes. They can practice, but like, you know, they they can't walk down the street with a hijab on without getting harassed. Right. From you people. like Exactly. Like the percentage I told you in 2006, 25% of our population evangelical. That's crazy. You are the majority religion. Calm down. Right. And as far as, that's just evangelical, but Christian, last time I heard, it was like 60-something percent. So Right. You And then they, they're all like, we're the silent majority. And it's like, okay, first of all, you're the loud majority. Correct. Shut the fuck up. Correct. And that also, so part of what we see in Jesus Camp is we end up coming to Colorado Springs to one of the mega churches that we have here, which is, we have focused on the family, but what they go to is New Life Church. New Life Church is headed by Ted Haggard. At least in 2006 it was. And Ted Haggard, by the way, most terrifying thing that I saw on the screen was the fact that in 2006, Ted Haggard had a phone call every single Monday with George Bush. That's terrifying. That's not okay. He was a spiritual advisor. (laughs) But also, Ted Haggard mentions, literally makes this comment of that we have the majority. And if evangelicals come out to vote, we sway the vote every single time. And he goes, it's a wonderful life. Literally, if they do or do not want something, they get it done. Terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're super proud of that, too. I'm fucking terrified by that. As, as someone who watches Handmaid's Tale and as a woman, terrified. You should be terrified because one of the yeah. new Supreme Court justices that Donald Trump just put on before he left literally has ties to something like Handmaid's Tale. So, yeah, 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 exactly. You know, the percentage of in 2019 Christians represented 65 percent of the total adult population, 43 percent identifying as Protestants, 28 percent as Catholic and 2 percent as Muslims. So, yeah, that's I'm sorry, cool. Mormons, not Muslims. I saw an M. Uh, Mormons. That doesn't make sense. Mormons. Yeah, I was going to say, but even aside, you hear such fucking negative shit about Muslims and stuff, especially in Jesus camp. Did they? I know that they don't. I know they don't realize this, but it's so frustrating that the fundamentalists of Muslim are just like the fundamentalists, you guys, of Christianity. That does not mean those are all Muslims. Right. Also, y'all are based on 
the same start of religion. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Such fucking hate for your own shit. They even talk about in this the the disdain for Christians versus evangelicals. I mean, it is down to that. Christians are not Christian enough. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, you're basically, even now, like, we hear a ton of hate from evangelicals for progressive Christians. And it's like, do you want people to be Christian or not? Right. (laughs) But they don't. They want people to be their version. Yes, exactly. Of Christian, which is hateful and bigoted and they don't accept anything. And they specifically foster, they find their few star children like Levi in Jesus Mm -hmm. camp and they put them up on podiums and they make them feel powerful and they continue that with their own families, which he is doing. Yes, absolutely. And they're, these people are so controlling. Like in Hell House, we see Trinity, there's Trinity Church and there's Trinity School that a lot of these kids that go to the church also go to the school. These are also the kids that go into Hell House. And one of, it's a Spanish teacher, talks about how there are certain things that you can and cannot do in a Christian school. One of those things being the textbooks you use. And he literally shows on his desk Spanish 1 for Christian schools. Are you kidding me? We're down to that? Like, it's not just creationism versus evolution it's down to spanish for christian speakers i fucking guess like that's disgusting you can teach certain words not certain other certain word i don't know that these people are so i know i keep saying it but indoctrinated and you know manipulated down to what they you know can teach in school I think one of the best things for me, and I know that there's a lot of debate about social media, and I totally understand that there is good and there is bad, but one of the best things for me breaking out of that was the exposure to the internet Mm -hmm. and having a portal to other people and other types of music and media because I was given a lot of free internet time or Mm -hmm. I would sneak it at night. And granted, I know that can be dangerous, but I didn't do anything super dangerous, luckily, for my parents. But I was exposed to a lot of things that I think that would have, like, if I hadn't, who knows? Like, Mm -hmm. both my brother and myself are pretty much the same way as far as religion goes. So we both broke out of that, which is surprising because sometimes, I mean one can go one way and one can go the other. But I think that I, we both, we talked a lot. We're pretty close. So I think that that influence we both had over each other kind of went a long way. But the fact that my parents' influence didn't go as far as they wanted it to, Mm -hmm. I think my mom would probably blame herself for that, but it has nothing to do with that. It's just, we started talking to different types of people and appreciated different types of people. And our friends are from different walks of life and love the same sex and gender as them. And it's like, you can't be one and accept the other and be like, I love you, but not your choices. No, fuck that. Like, 
And so I appreciate the fact that the internet was coming up when I was coming up and I grew with that and got a Mm -hmm. lot of exposure to a different mindset and that my parents weren't super controlling, I think to my mom's own unfortunate detriment because she is so heartbroken that I do not want anything to do with the church anymore. And if I have children, she's going to want to take them to church. And I don't care if my kids want to go to church, but I will tell them how I think, what I think, you know, I think it's important for them to have their own decision-making skills and their own critical thinking skills. And if you're critically thinking about everything you're being told, you're not going to accept it. Right. And that's exactly what evangelicals don't want. They want to get you young enough that they can brainwash you. Exactly. And so when you do have kids going to Hell House, that is unfortunate because it is scary because you are going through these rooms and seeing things that kids honestly shouldn't be. You want, you're upset that your kids are watching the sex scene in Titanic and then you take them to this. Right. Are you fucking kidding me? Right. In the name of religion though. Right. Right. Like, I know it's a separate one, but they are so connected. Like, in Jesus Camp, they talk about how Harry Potter is terrible, and Harry Potter would have died in the Bible, and you're not allowed to read Harry Potter. And then at the same time, they're like, oh, look at this occult scene. Hey, do you want to be a Satanist? Like, they're saying that shit. Also, yeah, Satanists are cool as shit. Right? I love that one. Like, hey, do you want to be a Satanist? No, is what he says. And I'm like, LOL, yes. But also, like, the rave scene, which is kind it's connected to the satanist scene in a second so the rave scene there's a bunch of stuff spray painted on the walls and it's bad stuff but then all of a sudden the guy who's running it like puts his website and his name on there do you not see the hypocrisy in that like do you want to be up there with that stuff i don't fucking get it but then he makes this comment and this pissed me the fuck off he goes this is my girlfriend jessica and the cool thing is last year she was the victim in the rave scene and i was the one that so for a whole month i claimed her soul to hell and she died under my power and shortly after that we got together that is oh my god the 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 male you know power loving in that right there yeah i'm sure you fell in love with her as you killed her every single night for a month yeah so gross yeah and it wasn't that they just got to know each other because they were acting together in a movie. Right. Exactly. That's this it's isn't not professional. Yeah, exactly. He didn't say, yeah, she and I got along during the month that we were together. No, he specifically said, I claimed her soul for hell and she died under my power. That's mm. gross. Right. Also, he says a date rape drug will make you super relaxed, like when you take too much NyQuil. absolutely not dude exactly i had a friend that i will not name who went to a very high profile party at a club with high profile celebrities and she got roofied and she was very lucky because one of the other celebrities noticed that she got roofied And carried her out of that party. Thank God for good people. Yeah, a good man. Yeah. And she still had to work around these celebrities not knowing which one of them roofied her. That's terrifying. Mm -hmm. 
It doesn't. But fucking... I'm sure she just felt like Ny- Nyquil, right? Yeah, I was about to say it doesn't fucking feel like <laughs> Nyquil. She couldn't yeah. remember anything. Uh, yeah, Nyquil doesn't do that. She woke up and had no idea what happened until that man. And it was not this man. Like she knows that for sure. Like he wasn't just like I don't know somebody roofied you, and he wasn't just like being like you mm-hmm. know. He he basically like saved her from that because like she could he knew her enough to know when she was just like really drunk and when it was something else and I'm sure being around the people that he was around he could probably recognize unfortunately what Rufalin looked like yeah so and I hope that if he knew who it was he fucking did something about it but right I don't know that much unfortunately but no it's not just like NyQuil (laughs) so yeah be careful but yeah and they are putting on these scenes not even thinking about what happens to these real people just assuming that everyone that goes to these parties and everyone that drinks and everyone that has sex before marriage and everyone that is in the grsm community and everyone that has been abused and self-harms and commits suicide is going straight to hell well i mean even the for the homosexual male that we see they make him put a more effeminate voice on stereotype him yeah exactly exactly and these people are so hypocritical so in between looking at hell house there are some interviews of one-on-one with people and one of the girls she's actually the abortion girl she talks about what happened in her life and you're actually following her family for quite a bit of it that's like the third so we see hell house being set up we're also following this family where it's a father and four kids there's no mother in the picture right now and this daughter is the abortion girl. She ends up being that person. And she basically talks about what happened to her family. And what happened to her family is her mom was talking with some guy on the internet, ended up in like a a cheating situation. And we don't know the exact details, but basically they ended up being taken. The state took the kids away and they were in foster care for about a month before their dad could get them back. And she talks about that, she talks about how she as soon as she would get up in the morning she wanted to go lay back down first of all it's depression which we we're not allowed to talk about in this depression's not a thing that couldn't cause suicide no 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 it's not a mental illness or anything so first of all she's depressed second of all she talks about how what really got her through was jesus christ and the fact that no matter what happens to you he'll always be there is exactly what she says And I'm so mad at that because what a hypocrite. I understand that you're a child, but you're also in high school. You should be starting to think for yourself. Unfortunately, you can't because you go to this Trinity church. But you are such a hypocrite to say that no matter what you go through, he'll always be there for you. But then to sit there and go, you don't don't know what happened in this abortion girl's life. You don't know if it was incest, rape. You don't know what the hell is happening. But for you to judge... When you're literally saying he'll forgive anything, but then he won't because you won't. Right. And that whole like they'll never put you through more than you can handle is such bullshit, too, Mm -hmm. because that's just saying like, you know, as far as suicide goes, like that's that's. And that's like saying like, oh, I could only handle like I've seen, you know, I just couldn't handle like, for example, I saw this one guy say I you know, God will only put you through, you know, as much as you can handle. And like, I'm not saying we should do pain Olympics, but like Mm -hmm. this white frat kid 
What have you had to handle? He didn't get into his school of choice and he was sobbing and he was saying like, God just will get me through it. And then there are people in his comments that were like, and he was preaching about how God will always be with you and he'll get him through this hard time. And people were like, um, yeah. So what about my sexual assault or what about like, you know what I mean? You know, it's just like, if that's what you need to use to get, like my mom, like she has said like you know if I didn't have like Jesus to lean on like with the death of my father like I guess if that's what you need to use to get through traumatic things then that's what you need to do but the problem is that's not a fucking therapist exactly like you need to go to fucking therapy (laughs) you need to actually work on yourself and not just be like well, God will only hand, hand me as much as I can handle and then just Not wipe it off it. the board. Like, wash your hands of it. You need to actually deal with these fucking things. Yeah. Everybody. Just, like, not just Amanda's mom. I love you, Renee. Well, <laughs> no, like, everybody. I'm not saying she's, like, you know, not. But, like, the the thing is, like, and another thing, Christian therapist should not be a thing. Like, no. that's that's not therapy. So Speaking of we get to see that at the end of this. Right. And that is the most terrifying part of the whole haunted house. There once you get to the end, and I'm sure Amanda will talk about it more. I'm just going to give you the rundown. Once you get to the end of the haunted house, you're left in a room with a man who paces in front of you, a very tall man who almost it's almost like a drill sergeant feeling from him, and he basically says, "You have 6 seconds to walk through that door to have people pray with you." People are waiting to pray with you on the other side. If you really if you really want to be better and not go to hell, you have six seconds to walk through that door. That's fucking disgusting. Giving it a time limit, doing all of that stuff, that is more manipulation. And I thought I was going to vomit. Yeah. And they do that. So you basically go through, I guess, since we're talking about it, yeah, real let's quick. let's talk about your experience. Yeah, so... Real quick, so you get there and you wait in this long ass line, and they take you to this. It's a bunch of uh, trailers basically set up together. And I don't remember all of it, I basically remember the most traumatic things for me personally. (laughs) And I remember, so you start out, and it's like this room where they tell you kind of what you're doing, and it's like you could get into heaven and in heaven there are all these angels and then basically it shuts down and then they like rush you through to this next one. And the whole time there are like these demons following you around and taunting you and fucking with you. Right. And these demons are also in these scenes and in these scenes, obviously there are actors and there was a, a school scene. And I don't remember like it may have been a school shooting scene, but I don't remember. It was definitely like a bullying scene. There was like a, a bunch of desks but I don't really remember that scene very well the three scenes that I do specifically remember were the scene with the gay man basically being bullied to death and him going straight to hell and being taunted by that demon the whole time and him I think it was the gay man that was actually the shooter Oh, now that I've been thinking about it And so then they just made him even more of a, you know, demonized homosexuality even more because he was so, you know, unhappy with himself and who he was and being bullied so badly. So it wasn't the bully's fault. Of course not. Never. 
And then there was the abortion scene. So this is pretty graphic. And I think all of our episodes should have some sort of like content warning. But Mm -hmm. this was pretty graphic and not at all how a real abortion is. But basically they had this girl, 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 not woman. And I don't say that to be disrespectful. I'm saying she's high school aged. Mm -hmm. A minor playing this scene. Okay. She's laying on a hospital bed with a demon telling her she's going to die and she's a horrible person and all this stuff. And she's basically bleeding out. And this doctor is pulling out these like doll parts covered in blood, like arms and legs and like putting them in a bowl. Yeah. Not how an abortion works. And you're just watching this like very gory graphic abortion scene. And she's just like bleeding out on the table. And she dies and goes to hell. Okay, so this third scene was the most upsetting for me as, again, I think I was in seventh grade when we did this. So 12, 13 years old. So it was around October. So I was 12, about to be 13, like within Mm. a couple days. And there was a domestic abuse scene just like in the film they didn't change this so this was made in 2002 and I probably went in 2005 or 6 okay they didn't really change this scene up very much there was a fighting mom and dad and the mom had been having an affair and left the the dad but there was like a bunch of uh, like physical abuse and a screaming daughter and she basically was getting hit and like it was just a horrible situation but it was the daughter's fault remember oh yeah 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 so then you kind of move over and you're still in this house but the daughter goes into her room and she's like on the bed with a bible and she's trying to go to her bible for help right but there's this demon telling her that it's all for nothing and it's all her fault that her mom had an affair and she should just end it. And so she throws her Bible down on the ground and she gets down on her knees and she takes a razor and she takes it. This is very graphic. Okay. I'm going to give you a second. She takes this razor from her wrist to her elbow up and starts just cutting open her arm and imitates a suicide but they actually have like fake blood and everything so it's kind of like the 13 reasons why scene except you're watching it in real life so as a 12 year old Mm -hmm. that was self i had started self-harming in sixth grade and i was in seventh grade at this point okay so i had already started having these ideations if you will And so at this point, I was like holding on to one of my friends and sobbing. And I was not the only one. I was not the only one. And then in the next scene, you go into hell. And all of these characters that you have seen thus far are like suffering in hell and like screaming. And you have all these demons like jumping at you and screaming at you and saying, this is where you're going. And if you don't accept Jesus Christ and blah, blah, blah. And then you go into basically the last room and they're like, you can go to heaven. And they do all the thing where like, do you accept Jesus Christ? And they have people and pamphlets to give you. And then you leave and apparently you get to go to Whataburger and everything's fine. (laughs) Well, at at least you got Whataburger. So I asked my 
mom why we went to that and, and if she remembers. And she does remember because she went to. And she basically says that they think they got like a brochure in the mail. You know, they probably sent like a bunch of shit to random churches just in the Metroplex. Because mm-hmm. this was about an hour drive for us. It wasn't like we were. Damn. Yeah, it wasn't like we were, or 45 minutes or so. We weren't just like down the street, you know. And so I'm sure it was kind of a big buzz in the churches, you know, among the churches. And it had been going on for a couple of years. And she said that we were, we had a really hard time keeping youth ministers at our church. And she said that we were in between youth ministers and the parents were just trying to do things as they could. And this was something that they could do with the youth group. And they just didn't do enough research because they were just parents trying to do their best with the youth group. And none of them actually were you know, the youth minister. So we were like, okay, well we have the van so we can just all do this hell house thing. It's like a Halloween activity with the youth group. Let's traumatize wow. them. On yeah, the side. exactly. And from what I understand, we never did it again, or at least I never fucking <laughs> did it. So. And you don't remember it being like advertised as something to go do? No. Mm-mm. I never well, remember it being something that we were like, we got to go do Hell House and there's brochures around for it, for it everywhere or billboards or like, I don't ever remember that. So I'm sure it was just the churches knew about it and would take mm-hmm. their youth groups and stuff. And it wasn't like something that the schools were pushing from what I, I mean, I'm sure somewhere, but this is not something that like, I'm sure the Catholic schools and the, you know, private schools probably right. were, but no. So it was definitely like this kind of shit. When you have kids that want to be the girl that has an abortion and be the girl that commits suicide and depict hell and, and it's just, it's, it's really, it's really disturbing. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it was really sad and really disturbing to watch these kids be excited for the role that they got or I want to try out for abortion girl this year or things like that. Oh, yeah. And Jesus Camp was actually nominated for an Academy Award for Best Documentary Film because it is so disturbing. (laughs) Yeah, I what I did like about both of these films, the documentarians don't flat out point to what they believe they're not saying that jesus camp is bad they're not saying hell house is bad they are literally just putting it on the screen for you to see what is going on i really appreciated that right because i'm sure some people could watch that and be like absolutely good for them you know what i mean yeah now i did have one piece of trivia the last thing that i have for jesus camp and i just thought you might find this interesting Since the making of the film, Becky Fisher, who is the head woman that is the pastor of Jesus Camp, children's pastor for Kids on Fire, announced that due to negative reactions to the camp after the film, including telephone calls and vandalism, the camp, which was held once a year for three weeks, has been discontinued indefinitely and will be replaced by other events. Good. Yeah, agreed. So this camp got shut down after this film. Good. Because that is, um, like... Like you said, emotional terrorism. Yes. You are hijacking these kids' thoughts. 
Correct. And shoving them full of bullshit. Correct. And for kids to be so scared of going to hell, like that is, and I know from firsthand that how I've been fighting that I'm almost 30 and I've been fighting that pretty much my entire life. And my upbringing was mild compared Mm -hmm. to some of these, like I did go to some more extreme church camps, but the actual church I was raised in and went to every Sunday, they didn't necessarily use the, it was just some of the things that my church associated with. Okay. That was like potentially going to hell house, like going to hell house and some of the church camps and church retreats and some of the other churches. And I'm not saying we didn't talk about hell because we absolutely did, but it wasn't part of our every Sunday, every Wednesday Mm -hmm. rhetoric because I went to church on Wednesdays and on Sundays. So it was a lot, you know, and yeah, that is a lot. And I'm not, and and I absolutely, it was definitely something that, you know, because Jesus died for your salvation, so you need to live for him and live in God and all these things. It was definitely more focused on sin culture. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, absolutely, because you know where sin leads you. You don't really need them to tell you about hellfire right. all the time. So in a, indirectly, yes, it was about that. But it wasn't like hellfire all the time. Mm-hmm. But you definitely, like, I, when I would walk around as a kid And I would like stub my toe, for example, and think shit and immediately be like, I'm so sorry, God. I can't believe I just thought that. And I thought he was in my head all the time. That makes me so sad for you and for all the kids like you. That's not a way to live, especially when, say, you're looking at a life of 80 years and you're starting this from birth. That's so sad. That is a sad 80 years. Yeah. I mean, I definitely thought all the time that my thoughts were being read constantly. And so when you think that your own mind is not a safe space or mm-hmm. or your own, it breeds a culture of fear. So I couldn't think my own thoughts. And I, if I did, I was constantly apologizing in my head to God for what I was thinking. So, and when you're also, when you're, we'll talk about sex in other episodes because sex does tie into religion because we're going to talk about purity culture too. When you are starting to figure out your sexuality and that things Mm -hmm. feel good. Oh my God, that is not good. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. It is shameful. And so also you are doing things that you shouldn't be doing and you're apologizing for that all the time. And Mm -hmm. you're trying to suppress that, but you also don't really know what's going on. So you're just having to apologize to this entity that you don't even understand all the time. Right. For a biological imperative that we're all going to masturbate. We all find it fun. We Babies do it. And it's not even like you don't even know. Like, this is super fucking awkward, but I'm going to say it for the good of humanity. <laughs> okay. All right. Do it. So, oh, fucking, fucking God. Okay. <laughs> so, women have a clitoris, right? Correct. Fuck vaginal stimulation. Fuck that shit. The clitoris. Oh, my God. Chef's kiss, right? Yeah. Correct. Okay. So I had an in-ground pool growing up. Those things have jets, right? Okay. One of the very first experiences I ever had, I was just like scaling my pool and then all of a sudden one of them hit me and I was like, what the fuck was that? (laughs) You just froze. I was like, holy shit. What is, what (laughs) the fuck is that? You know? But oh, my God. When I figured out that stuff 
like felt good in your body, I was mm-hmm. like, um, I feel like that's not good. Like, I feel like that's going to get me in trouble. You know what I mean? That's so sad. Exactly. Like, but that's what I'm saying. have many pleasures in life. Exactly. That's even... what I'm saying. When your first instinct of figuring out that something biologically feels good, like that experience, and your first thought is, um, I feel like this isn't good. Preach into the fucking choir, girl. Yeah. Is... <laughs> is not good and and then it's like you know pavlov it's like you want to go back and keep fucking uh-huh. you know but like you have to how do you hide from god right you don't right he sees everything right because that's easy enough to hide from your parents you're just hanging out in the swimming pool right you know you're fucking yeah. but you can't hide from god and right. so I I kept trying to rationalize in my head how to hide from something that is omnipotent, you know. Did your parents know that you felt this deeply scared? Did they, like, help or hinder that? No. Just a curious question. That was not something that I ever felt, like, was a conversation that could be had. Okay. In my house. And even if it was, it wouldn't be... Not that they wouldn't take it seriously, but that it would just be met with more rationalization of God's love. And all I Mm. saw was hellfire and sacrifice and, you know, if you You just feel God's love. Exactly. If you just repent and it's like, I don't want to spend my whole life doing something and saying I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't, I just never, even like I've said a million times on the Exorcisters podcast, but here I started feeling that very early in life. So even though I mentioned that I had exposure from the internet, it didn't even take that. I felt I'm built different. I know, but like (laughs) I felt from even children's ministry very early on, which I am grateful that I had this inherent critical thinking. Mm -hmm. I don't know where it came from. Both my parents were really intelligent, but they were religious so mm-hmm. and I'm not saying religious people aren't intelligent but I all I heard was when I heard the story of Jesus Christ was not this beautiful story of self-sacrifice and love I was like God's mean mm-hmm. why would he do that like he could just say that he loves us no matter what he could just say I forgive you. He's the one, he's the whole reason we have the concept of sin. Mm -hmm. So all I ever heard in my head was that's mean and that's scary. Why, why, why would, why do we love someone that hates us so much? Like, I just didn't understand it. Right. From a very, like four years old. It's well, and then I saw the Prince of Egypt and that just really sealed the deal. (laughs) Saw that at like five or six and it just (laughs) terrified the shit out of me. And he was like killing kids with this sound and I was over it. I was, it was terrifying. So it's everything they tried to show me about God and media. I immediately thought, okay, so he flooded the world and he killed all those people. It just did not make sense to me. So yeah. Really quick because you brought it up. This is a history thing. This is not a sex or religion thing. So we can take a little break for a second. This is just, I like history. So I'm going to share with you guys something I learned. Because of the Prince of Egypt, which is all about the exodus of the Jews from Egypt and slavery, 
I have been watching a Great Courses Plus because I'm a nerd. I like to go back to school without, you know, having to pay thousands of dollars. So currently I'm watching a course on literally the history of ancient Egypt from the very beginning to Cleopatra at the end. And I learned recently about the Exodus and if there's any sort of actual evidence that the Exodus happened. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. (laughs) Really? Exactly what you're about to say. Yes, go ahead. Oh, (laughs) basically what we have come down to is there isn't a lot of evidence, almost none, but there are a couple things in Egyptian history that kind of point to it. And one is that we do know that there. First of all, this isn't exactly fact. This is just how the world works. You know, like in the Bible, you know, 40 days, seven days, it just means big numbers usually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what the Jews have said in the Exodus is that it was like 60,000 people. That is a lot of people in ancient times. That is a hell of a lot of people. Like the population we have now is on this planet right now is more than anybody we have ever had in the history of of the world right now. So for 60,000 people to just up and leave, like that would be war that you would go after those people, stuff like that. So what they think actually happened because people exaggerate is maybe it was more like 60 people that left, maybe a, a few families, a few big families left. The other thing that they have, another thing they have figured out is that Ramesses was the one that was the Pharaoh at the time. The way they have figured that out is actually through his son. And that is because his son has a Stella, which basically talks about the other civilizations that he has fought with recently. And next on in ancient Egyptian language, next to a term, a name, there is like a little symbol that means like a civilization. And there is one called... I think it's Israel, I think is what the term is on the Stella. And it doesn't have a civilization marker next to it. It has two people. And what that means is they're just a people. They are just a a roving people. They're not a civilization yet. So it's interesting to see that there's this huge band of Israelites that he went up against, but they don't have a civilization yet. So that must be very recent. The other, this this is the most interesting thing, and I'm sorry that I babbled about the rest of it, but the most interesting thing that Amanda just brought up that connects to it is by backtracking from finding out that that was the sun and backtracking to Ramesses, it was about 20 years, it was about 20 years into Ramesses' reign that this happened. They have since figured out because of the Stella, because of all the, the going back in time. And one of the things that so obviously we have you know the rivers ran red that that happened right in the exodus well interestingly enough when the nile overflows there's red river that comes from upstream downstream so sometimes the nile will actually run red as blood there are obviously locusts and famine and all of that stuff always happens the trick that Moses does with his staff where it is it becomes a snake and then the Egyptian sorcerers do the same thing the priests make two snakes that's actually a thing that snake charmers do even now they will they can get a snake to become rigid it's probably not great for the snake but to become rigid and look like a staff and then drop it on the ground and it becomes a snake again that's absolutely a thing that they do 
And then the biggest thing, obviously, with the plagues of Egypt is the death of the firstborn sons, right? All of them, right? Well, once again, what is to say that they are not being facetious? What What is to say that they are not exaggerating to sound, sound more powerful? Or the fact that it's been thousands of years of history that has lain in between? What we do know is that Pharaoh Ramesses the Great, his firstborn son, died 20 years into his reign. Which is exactly when this happened. Yeah. I've actually read a lot about the Egyptians and the slave situation and the freeing of the slaves and all the biblical inaccuracies and that's mm-hmm. Egyptians did not have slaves right. during the pyramids. They did not have slaves build the pyramids. They certainly were not Jewish slaves. Correct. Ju- Judaism didn't even come about until Ramesses' time, until after that. Right. And interestingly enough, they the first monotheistic religion, we have the Aten, in, which was before Ramesses. So it you can see how the Jews would have easily taken something that they're already seeing in Egypt and taking that with them as their new thought process. Yeah. And And that's where it all falls apart. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. There's so many things. That's why I always like to look at the Bible as like more of a history text and not pure history, but it like gives us little hints here and there of things. And I go, oh, that's interesting. And then I research it more, but it's not, it's not the word of God. I'm going to go to hell, but it's not the word of God. Come on. Come on. Well, you're not going to go to hell because, you know, you know how I feel about that. That's not a thing. But <laughs> I, it's just these are testaments from people that wrote books based on yes. their interpretations and their feelings. Uh, exactly. And ways to get power over other people. Yes. This the is, word of man, not the word of God. This is what's been happening since the dawn of time. Correct. So it's. It's just what it is, what it is. Like, if it brings you comfort, that's whatever. But <laughs> I just get more radical with age. You know how they tell you <laughs> when you grow up, you'll be more conservative as you get older. Do you know how many fucking times I've heard that? Wrong. I am going more <laughs> opposite. Yeah. I'm the older I get, the lefter I go. And it's so funny because I heard this thing and it was like, liberals, violence is never the answer leftist if you break a nazi's arm he's got one less arm to do nazi shit hey, with. that's what i'm saying <laughs> yeah exactly so yeah i mean i just i just don't like things being done to people in the name of religion especially when religion is so harmful and we're constantly in wars about them right stop right jesus let people be themselves it's a short slash long fucking life leave it alone right exactly and man, when i have to sit next to people on airplanes and all they do is talk about their fucking kids and focus on the family and how i should get to focus on the family and go to their evangelical church and how they won't uh, just shut the fuck up and let me sit in this plane in peace it exactly. just disrupts every part of my life <laughs> i don't want to hear it what if i am like i well am slash was or was slash am what if i'm catholic and i have my own feelings on it then maybe shut the fuck up I don't go around telling you about my goddamn religion and how you should change to it. I'm about to join the Church of Satan just for fun. <laughs> right. Like you can join the Church of Satan and be an atheistic Satanist. 
I don't know if anybody knew that. You don't have to like, first of all, there's two different types of Satanists. One is the religious type and one is the atheist type. You just get cool protections being in the church of Satan. I don't know if any, like religious exemptions from shit. And if they ever ban abortion, you can still get an abortion because it's protected Ooh. under your religion. Really? Yes, really. Fucking A. It's written into their doctrine. I love that. Yeah, women. Maybe I should be a Satanist. That's what I'm saying. Women. So just look into it. That's all I'm saying. Plus you get a neat little certificate. (laughs) (laughs) But, and also their ideals are just, they're very humanist. But that's all like secular humanism for the win. But Anyways, Hell House and Jesus Camp, as far as documentaries, they're wonderful. <laughs> but as far as like... But terrifying. Yes, exactly. Now, Hell House is on YouTube for free. Jesus Camp was, and now it's not. But you can pretty much get anything you want on Amazon Prime. You yeah, just but got to I pay. Re- yeah, I'm like paying these people. Ugh. Well, but the documentarians. I guess that's fair. They deserve money. It's not... Okay, okay. Okay, you won me over. You're welcome. <laughs> I don't know anything about these directors, but she's co-director of Jesus Camp, The Boys of Baraka, Twelfth in Delaware, Detropia. No- wow, Jesus. What do you believe, though? I need to know. <laughs> Let's see. I don't know what she believes, but <laughs> love fraud. She just did something in 2020. Hmm. She is currently co-directing a film for HBO on silencing of journalists around the world. Oh, shit. I mean, give her money. Sure. <laughs> well, thank you all so much for hanging out with us and talking about these topics. And of course, as always, we'd love to, I say as always is like episode two, but extra <laughs> sisters, I'm into my stuff, but we'd love to hear your thoughts. We'd love to argue on social media. Ah, I say love to argue. I've already started arguing on social media. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> yeah. We are oddest is hottest on Facebook and Instagram. Twitter is oddest hottest and don't even get me started, but that is what <laughs> it is. There's a character limit and somebody already took oddest is hottest. And if you are that person, hit me up. I'll <laughs> I'd like your account, please. And you can always email us at oddestishottest at gmail.com if you have any recommendations or if you'd like to talk about anything in particular or hear us talk about anything in particular. We still have to figure out the guest thing, but if you have any religious experiences that you would like to talk about, let us know. We can definitely try to make room for those conversations. Definitely. Um, We still haven't figured out how to end this, so I guess. Bye! (laughs) Bye!